0: Have your Bibles, now's the time to get them out, whether that's in book form or app form or electronic form, however you choose. Go ahead and open them up to the end of the book of Matthew. So if you want, you can actually go to the book of Mark and just go back one page. We're going to be at the very, very end of Matthew today. But we're in the middle of this series. We've actually crossed over the middle. Now we're moving into the final three. And our theme verse throughout all of this is we're praying that God would do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine when it comes to growth. And so we have been letting this passage guide us and lead us deeper and deeper into growing into His disciples, to knowing who He is, to experiencing Him, to sharing Him with those who are around. And so each week we've been saying this verse. I've been encouraging you to memorize it. Maybe some of you have. But let's go ahead today and say this verse together out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, I hope you're, you're getting that into your psyche. I hope that it's beginning to just mill around in your mind and you're beginning to think more and more about this. It's a great passage to commit to memory, so i encourage you to do that. More than we can imagine. We have been leaning into what God can do more than we can imagine in growth. And we've been looking at what growth means for us. And each one of these things requires some form of giving up, of letting go. And so we've been looking at growth meaning generosity, response, outreach, worship, training, and hospitality. That these are the signs of a church that is in the midst of growth. And we are praying that God does immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine as we grow in these six categories and ways. So today we're going to look at worship, as you've already heard. And so I think it's going to be a fun study for us today, but I hope that you will lean in and that you will pray, God, open my ears and my heart to hear and to sense what you are calling me to be as a person of worship person who worships you. It's a strange word, but worship has been an, essential, been an essential of Christian life since the resurrection. Today, we just heard read for us uh, John's uh, passage where this one who was healed from blindness, he saw him finally, knew who Jesus was, and it says he worshiped him. There were some random parts like that throughout the Gospels, but really once the resurrection happened, worship of Jesus became an essential part of Christian life. We see this in Matthew 28 verses 16 and 17. This is our passage for today, and I know it's just a few short verses, but because it is the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are able, would you stand in honor and reverence to the reading of these few short verses of the Gospel. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 and 17. Hear the word of the Lord. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. This is the word of God for the people of God, both here and online. And our response is thanks be to God. You may be seated. What does worship mean? It's such a strange word in our day and age. Unless you're a part of a religious community, you probably don't use the word worship. Often it probably gets confused with love uh, in some ways, but even that's a little strange. Like if you're dating someone, you know, it takes a while to get to, you know, I love you. But when you, if you go to, I worship you, that's, yeah, that's just a little out of bounds. That's a little strange. You're kind of, mm, no, thank you. So what does worship mean? Today, in our day and age, it seems like it's all about music. I mean, there's even a category. Worship music has its own category. Like go to your iTunes or Spotify or whatever, or just say, hey, Alexa, play worship music, and she'll know what you mean. On will come, you know, elevation or you know all these different worship music songs that will that will have, and it's wonderful. I'm not discounting that. I, I encourage you to listen, listen to the words that are said. Let music wrestle with you. Rap- music does an incredible thing in a human being, and when we sing, we are bringing, believe it or not, we're bringing both sides of our brains. When you try to sing, even if you can't hold a tune in a bucket. When you sing, you're using all of your mind and you're focusing it on Jesus. I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. However, music is a part of worship, but, big but, worship is more than music alone. I want you to hear me say that. Worship is more than music alone. So if it's more than just music, what is it? So let's pause here for a moment before we jump into all of that, because I, I do want to talk about what we call this hour, the worship service. And I want, you, I want you to know, I do want to talk about our worship service, and that includes music and some other forms of service. I want to give you an opportunity to help. This is the part. We've been doing this each week. Where can I be involved in response? Where can I be involved in generosity? Where can I be involved in outreach? Today, I want to give you right, right here at the beginning, what can I do to be involved in helping in worship when it comes to music or service? Do you know there is a lot that goes into making this hour possible? For us to engage in. For us to, if you're watching online, there's a lot that goes into it. I want you to know that the singers don't just decide on Sunday morning, hey, let's, let's do these three. Or let, let's sing these songs. There is a lot of prayer that goes into choosing the songs. There's a lot that goes into selecting the songs that we will sing on any given day. There is rehearsal. There is private practice that they do on their own. There is public reading of Scripture. And I think that our Scripture readers do an incredible job. There is technology that is involved today. And that takes learning how to do some things. How to send it out on, online. How to have the slides ready so we can sing. There is communion prep and cleanup, like we're going to do today. Somebody actually took the time. The Jimenez family took the time to come here yesterday and get everything set up, and they will clean up afterwards so that we can enjoy this. We can not have to think about where we're going to get bread and cup. There's stage set up, especially Easter and, and Christmas and all of those things. There's a lot that goes into that. There's online campus hosting, learning how to send it out, having someone there to greet and to help. There is a lot that goes in to this hour. And I want you to know that. And I want to ask you, do you have a talent that you're not using in music, in singing, in help? We can Audition you, seeing where, where that could fit. Are you willing to learn about technology? Do you have an interest in that? Are you willing to take a little time to help this hour be all that it can be? That would be incredible. Are you willing to learn? And more importantly, are you willing to help? You see, worship, a couple of, I guess it was a couple of months ago, we talked about worship. And one of the old Hebrew words for worship literally translates as to serve. Did you know that worship is about serving? Are you willing to learn and help and be a part of worship, whether it involves music or not? If so... Mark your Connect card. Go ahead and just write that down. Willing to help. Willing to learn. If you know what area, just go ahead and mark that off as well. If if you don't, just say, I'm open. Just use the song. I'm open. I want to learn. Teach me. You can also contact Deidre in the office at info.c3naz at gmail.com. And that would be phenomenal. We'd love to hear from you. But let's jump back in. Okay? We're back back on our main trail here. If worship is not all about music, then what is it about? Are you ready? Worship is a life practice that includes three things. Are you ready? You can write this down. Worship is a life practice. And I wanted to choose, I chose those two words specifically because it's, if it's not just all about music, then it is a, but it is an action. It is an activity. It is a life practice. And I believe that it includes these three things. And we'll look at these. Here we go. Are you ready? Number one, worship is vulnerability with Jesus. Worship is vulnerability with Jesus. And yes, they'll all start with V. Worship is vulnerability with Jesus. Vulnerability is a tough word for us in our day and age. Especially guys. I don't know what that is, you know, whether it's, you know, just innate in us or socially constructed, but we struggle a lot with vulnerability. Being open. But I see this right here in our passage, these two short verses. We see that when they saw Him, they worshiped Him. You might be saying, well, that doesn't sound like vulnerability. Let me let you understand what the word for worship here means. The Greek word for worship is the word prosaikunesan. It's kind of a tongue twister, but I think it would be fun for us all to say. So let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. san. I can't even say it. I studied it. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. san. Say it one more time. One, two, three. Prase san. What does prase kunesan mean? Prase means literally to fall prostrate before someone. Now that's not a word that we use very often. It means literally to fall down. Can I just demonstrate? I know this is weird. To fall down flat. I don't know if you'll be able to see me behind the uh, communion table. This is prosekunesan Is this a position of strength or vulnerability It's a very very vulnerable position Prosekunesan actually follows after the Hebrew word for worship which is the Hebrew word shapach it's fun to say, but just make sure you don't spit on the person in front of you. Ready? One, two, three, shapach. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three, shapach. Means the exact same thing: to fall down flat and to lay before someone. Oftentimes, this this was a vulnerable position. Oftentimes, you would find this in the presence of a king. That word was was taken and was was used because if you went before the king, the king held your life in His hands. You knew and you recognized into whose presence you were coming. And so you would lay in front of them vulnerably. It's about being aware of whose presence you are in. Think about that for a second. When the disciples saw Him, They recognized, or some of them recognized, that the One that they stood before right then holds eternal life in His hands and they wanted that eternal life. And they knew they were in His presence. They were in the presence of the One who came and showed them what God looks like. They were in the presence of the One who had healing in His hands. They were in the presence of the One who had forgiveness in His heart. They were in the presence of the One who was willing to suffer and die for them. They were in the presence of the One who was dead and is now alive again. And they knew that standing in in front of Him just didn't seem appropriate. It was time to be vulnerable. And they, in front of Jesus, a vulnerable, vulnerable position. This is worship. And so I say to us, church, today, church online, Do we remember, do you remember that it is into Jesus' presence that we have come today? It's not just to hang out with our friends. It's not just to sing a few songs and pray a few prayers and hopefully hear a semi-decent message. We come to be in His presence. We come to be in the presence of the One who holds eternal life in His hands. Do you realize right now, it's in his presence that we are. Are we willing to be vulnerable with this one who gave everything for us? Let's move on. Worship is vulnerability with Jesus, but number two, worship is a vocalization of your sin. I intentionally wrote your sin. When I say your sin, I mean my sin. Does that, is that okay? I want to make this personal. I, I think if we, if we say our sin, we can kind of skirt around it. No, let's add a your sin. Worship is a vocalization of your sin. Those disciples, I found this interesting. I went back and looked. The last time we heard anything from the disciples was in Matthew 26, 56, the last part, after Jesus is taken in the garden. And then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Yes, we hear about Peter a little more intimately, but what does Peter do? Denies him three times. Yes, we hear about Judas, but in his grief, he hangs himself. The last time we hear about the eleven is right here. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Then all that takes place. We're going to talk about that. Good Friday, Easter, resurrection. And now the disciples are standing in front of Jesus, Do you think as they lay there in the dirt, vulnerable, worshiping, that they might have been thinking the last time I saw Him, I was running away? See, my hunch is that as they were laying there and worshiping, it was a demonstration, a vocalization of the ways that they had left and abandoned the ways they had missed the mark and the religious word for that is sin worship is a vocalization of your sin and vocalization of our sin keeps us vulnerable isn't that interesting we're willing to look in the mirror continually look in the mirror and vocalize this it keeps us vulnerable to jesus And to others. My hunch is when you're laying face down before Jesus and you're thinking about the last time you saw Him, you're probably not pointing any fingers about how the other guys ran away. You're focused exclusively on your own. This is hard. You probably weren't expecting this to be a part of worship. There aren't many songs out there that declare, Oh God, I'm a sinner. Come and help me. And I want you to know that when I'm face down in front of Jesus vocalizing my sin, I can't be focused on your sin. And when you are face down in front of Jesus vocalizing your sin, you can't be focused on mine or vice versa. So we may be asking the question, okay then, so am I just supposed to beat myself up? Didn't didn't the Reformation take something of that away? So I want you, if you're if you're there, if you're already you're lost on on a few different rabbit trails, come back to me for a second. Come back right here because I want you to hear this word very clearly. No, this is not about just beating yourself up on a continual basis. If that were the case, this this sanctuary would be much more empty. So what is this about? This is not about constant humiliation. Hear that today. This is not about constant humiliation. It is about living consistently humble though. You may want to take a picture of that, write it down. This is not about consistent, constant humiliation, but it is about living consistently humble. And there is something about being willing to vocalize our sin or the sin that we've been forgiven of that keeps us humble. Many of you know my dad or knew my dad. My dad passed away about 10 years ago. On his deathbed, mom and he were having a conversation. And they were thanking one another for the life they had together. You've been a good husband, been a wonderful wife. My dad, somewhere in that conversation, said, "Ah, oh, without Jesus, I'm just a drunk." But my dad had been a pastor for years, decades, even. He led many to Christ, and yet somehow, in that moment, he was still able to vocalize that without Jesus, this was my sin. I know, I know who I am without him. And I want to be vulnerable before him. I want to know that I know what my struggle was and is. And I want to live consistently humble. That's important for us, and that's a part of worship. But three, and we've already kind of hinted at this already, worship gives voice to His victory. Are you ready for that? I mean, this is where I think we want to to rest in. This is what we like to think about in worship. That yes, worship gives voice to His victory. Whether it's a hymn like Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, or there's Joy in the House of the Lord today. It's all because He has brought victory to us. That when we were vulnerable before Him, when we vocalized our sin, Jesus in His grace and His mercy forgave every sin healed every brokenness, and continues to lead and call us and fill us with His Spirit and lead us on. Worship declares and gives voice to Jesus' victory. That's what we're called to, not just every Sunday, but every day of our lives. In the church, we used to say, worship is testimony. What is a testimony? Testimony. We used to have these services, just whole services. No preaching, maybe a song or two. But then just people talking about the victory Jesus had given them. Sometimes it was about declaring or vocalizing where they're struggling. But it always was to come around to, but there's victory. Jesus came and helped me here if you would like a a good formula for a testimony maybe you've never written this down I think this would be an incredible practice for you to do this week think about it this way before I met Jesus I and then fill in the blank I struggled here my life was a mess this was my attitude this is how I treated people this is what I believed about myself Whatever that might be, just fill in the blank. Just write it out. Write it all out. Ask Jesus to help you remember. This is who I was. (laughs) Then, when I met Jesus, I... Talk about how you felt in that service or in that sermon or as you were reading the Bible or as you heard that song or where you were in your car alongside the road. You met Jesus you had some perception of it. then, move on to Jesus changed my life by fill in the blank. Jesus healed me. Jesus forgave me. I sensed the chains broken. I got, was able to let go of that addiction. Or Jesus led me to a 12-step program that gradually broke the bonds of my addiction. Whatever Jesus has done for you, just write it down. That, those three statements, that's your testimony. And if you don't have one, I want you to know you can begin one today. Because we are in His presence. And we're called to be vulnerable with Jesus. For many of us, it will be vocalizing our sin. But I want you to know that today... You can begin to give voice to his victory in your life because he is triumphant over sin and death and the grave. I know Easter's a few weeks away, but we can start the celebration now. He is with us and he is calling you. And guess what? You can do all of this with or without music. <laughs> See, I told you. All three of these can be done with or without music. Now, I love music. John and I were talking just before service how hard it is as a singer and an instrumentalist to sit down there and worship this way. But it's good. I love music. But you can do this even without music. So the question today is, folks, is worship your life practice? Is worship your life practice? Or are you like the other disciples? I didn't want to forget this part of the verse that we read. Are you like the other disciples? Where it just says, but some doubted. Now, that doubted gets a, gets a bad rap. Because it makes it sound like you can't ask questions. Oh, you're doubting. Don't ask questions. You're doubting. The actual word there is edis deisan. You want to say that with me? Just to wake up? Ready? One, two, three. Edis Desan. Say it one more time. One, two, three. Edis Desan. What does Edis Desan mean? Literally, it means hesitated. Some knew they were in his presence, and they knew it was time to be vulnerable. They knew it was time to focus on their own sin face down in the dirt. And when they got up, they would declare his victory. But some hesitated. Some hesitated. No, they're still called disciples. And we know that the disciples went out into all the worlds, many of them giving their very lives for the sake of the gospel. But today, folks, I want to call you. I want to draw you in and say, are you ready? And willing to be vulnerable with Jesus who is here today? Are you willing to vocalize your sin to Him? Not to me, not to someone around you. Are you willing to vocalize your sin to Him today? And when He does what only Jesus can do, are you ready to give voice to His victory in your life? Whatever that may look like. This is the call to grow in the life practice of worship. And our theme verse tells us that He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than all we could ask or imagine. Are you willing to trust that today, my friends? Don't hesitate. Today is the day. And you begin a lifestyle of worship today. We're going to move into a time of communion. And so I want to give you some instructions, if that's okay. In just a moment, I'll have a stand when we get to that time. And uh, there will be someone standing in front of each section. Everybody goes out this way comes down and will receive bread and cup from the person in front of you. Then you can go back to your seat. Or, maybe today, after you receive bread and cup and before you take it, I just wonder if there are some of us who want to be vulnerable with Jesus and need to take the bread and the cup to the altar to Place your body in a position of vulnerability, of kneeling before Him. Maybe you want to take just a moment to vocalize what it is, where you're struggling, where the sin is, where you're hesitating, what the reasons might be for your hesitation. And then realize that Jesus is giving to you Himself, His very body and His very blood for you so that you might have His presence within you, and you might stand up having taken Him into your very body and declare His victory. And know that everything will change because of what He has done. You see, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it. He said, this is My body, broken for you, Take and eat. He also took the cup and said, this is my blood shed for you. Take and drink. And so in just a moment, we're going to pray. I'm going to have you to stand. And we're going to sing while we come through to receive communion. And to kneel or whatever you feel God leading you to do. We're going to sing, a. it's kind of an older song, but it has some newer places, but I think it just captures these three points together. It's an old song called, I Surrender All. Beautiful testimony. So I'm going to invite you to sing it. As you receive the bread and cup, you can come to the altars. You can pray. You can go back to your seat. You can pray with those who are around you. And then when you are ready, you take the bread and the cup that has been blessed and handed, given to you. And may you receive victory today. Would you stand for prayer? Lord Jesus, today we want to be like those disciples who seeing you fell at your feet. We're vulnerable vocalized their sin through their actions and went on to declare your victory over and over and over again. Come among us today as we sing, as we receive bread and cup. Give us freedom to be vulnerable in your presence. Give us assurance that as we vocalize our sin you will bring us victory and may we become a people ever growing in the life practice of worship for we pray and ask all of these things in your great name amen let's just use our voices I surrender all I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. If you haven't already, go ahead and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ broken and shed for you. Would you stand and let's pray? Lord Jesus, what a good day it has been to be in Your presence. May we remember that as we walk out of these doors today, that worship does not end. That we are called to a life practice of vulnerability before You, of knowing and being able to vocalize the places we have missed the mark, and to give voice to the victory that You have brought to us the ways that You have forgiven and healed us, the ways that You have set us free. May we be people who vocalize Your victory. For we pray and we ask all of these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God, forever and ever. Amen. Receive this blessing. And now, brothers and sisters, May you go out filled with the joy of His victory in your life. May you be willing to voice it to those around you. May you be vulnerable with Jesus. And as you focus on Him, may He lead you into the presence of others where you can again give voice to His victory. I pray you go in His blessing, in His strength, in His power. Go in His grace. And may this happen in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. Go in his name. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us online. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.